Okay, so we're up to Dafnun Gimel Ahmed Bey's two lines from the bottom. The Gemara is going to continue with a couple more tekus, and it's asking about uh, the responsibility to support the daughter after the father passes away, and which daughters get supported, which daughters don't get supported. So, Boy Rebbe Lozer, Bas Shnia Yeshlam Mizaynis Ainlam if you married a shnia, a shnia is a rabbinic erva. So you married a, a person you're not supposed to marry rabbinically and had a daughter. Is that daughter supported from the estate after the husband passes away? What's the shaila? So go to the next page. Kivan the suva The halacha is that a woman who's a shnia, if she marries that man, because it's a marriage that we don't endorse, the rabbanon were against it, um, she doesn't get a ksuva. She doesn't get a ksuba. The whole point of the ksuba is to make it hard for them to get divorced. We want them to get divorced. There's no ksuba. So do we say that because there's no ksuba from such a relationship, the brothers don't have to support the sister? Again, when the father passes away, the sisters get food and get sustenance. That's a stipulation of the ksuba. So if there is no ksuba, maybe there's no responsibilities delineated in ksuba. So the sister isn't supported. Or perhaps, or perhaps no, we punish the mother because she married someone she wasn't supposed to marry. She did nothing wrong. This is just an innocent girl who happened to be married from a union that the Rabbanon didn't really like. So why should we punish the daughter? So the question is, is there a Chi of Mezaynes? On the one hand, the Chi of Mezaynes stems from the Ksuba. There is no Ksuba, so no Chi of Mezaynes. Or do you say, why should you punish the girl? The girl did nothing wrong. Teku, we do not know. What? What do you mean? Some union that perform a mamzer, it's not his fault either. Yes, it's an interesting question. I, but it could be because this entire thing is only a rabbinic. The Shni is a rabbinic erva. I think if it was biblical, I, I think we wouldn't have this question. I think if it was biblical, we would just say it is what it is. But because this entire thing is only rabbinic, and the Ksuba is rabbinic, and the enactment's only rabbinic, so there's more room for interpretation. That's what I would assume. Um, so that's this first teku. Another one. Bayrava. Bas Erusa. Yeshel Mazainas, Ainel Mazainas. If a, a woman after Kedushin, the men and women have relations, not for the sake of, you know, as being the chuppah, they just stop. They live together in in sin, so to speak. So the and then they have a daughter. Is that daughter supported from the estate? So what do we say? Nundal uh, four lines in. Kivan de isla ksuba islam isla. Do we say well this is a union that that had ksuba right? By the time they got married, they had ksuba. Oidilma kivan like a tekina rabban ksuba at shasn su and lesla. Meaning, let's say this this um, yeah. They 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 had kedushin, then they lived together. They I don't even know if they, they have a that's a th- then they had nisun. I don't think so. Let, yeah, I, I, let's assume they don't have nisun. They don't end up having nisun. They just had kedushin. They live together, and then he dies. So the question is: Is the daughter supported from the estate? So do we say? Technically, after Kedushin, you could have a Ksuba. We're going to see later on. Rashi says, The halacha is that after Kedushin, you don't collect everything, but she does collect the 200 Zuz. So there is an element of the Ksuba that it does kick in, but most of the Chiyuvik Ksuba only kick in after Nesuin. So the question is, does this girl get supported? Do we say, well, you're from a union, and there was a Ksuba, not all the laws of Ksuba, but some laws of Ksuba kick in, so that one also. Or do you say, no, the majority of the laws of Ksuba only kick in after Nesuin. You were born before Nesuin, so 
No, uh, so no, uh, um, yeah, so that's the Shaila, and it's a Teku. I think, it's funny, I was asking, I was thinking the same thing as I, I was reading this, I'm like, I don't think they ended up ever getting Nisuan. Um, oh, so, okay, Arsro, thank you. Meiri writes that the inquiry applies both where the husband dies after performing Nisuan and where he dies without performing Nisuan. The question is, I guess, when this door, daughter came into being, she came into being in a matziv where there was no Ksuba. That's interesting. Okay. So if they lived in sin before the Nisuin, does the is the daughter supported? Teku. Another teku. Boy Rav Papa, Bas Anusa, Here's the case. A man rapes a woman, and then they, she chooses to, to get married to him, right? So there's a mitzvah, they have to get married. Then they have a daughter. Is the daughter supported from the estate? So you'd say, well, why not? It's a regular marriage. No, I'm saying the, bo- the daughter was born... Post marriage, so what's the shaila? Here's the shaila. The shaila is like this: if you rape a woman and then marry her, does she get a ksuba? It's machlekes tanoim. Rav this says yes, she gets a ksuba, meaning she gets a hundred zuz. If you ever, if that's the thing, though, if you if you pre pre predecease her, you you'll give her a hundred zuz. So according to him, there's a full ksuba. So there's definitely responsibility to support the daughter, no question. The shaila is The shaila is what would the rabbanon say about it? The rabbanon hold that if you rape a woman and then marry her, she doesn't get a ksuba. The penalty that you pay her for the rape that covers the ksuba. Why? So then the shaila is like this: because there is no ksuba, maybe there's no mezainus. Right, technically, mezainus stems from the ksuba. If there's no ksuba, you don't need a ksuba. You don't need a mezainus. On the other hand, even the less the ksuba, less the mezainus. Do we say because there is no ksuba technically? Right, there's a technicality. There's no ksuba in such a reunion. So there's no ksuba. There's no mezainus after he passes away. Or perhaps the other reason is like this. The other argument you can make is like this. Why is there no ksuba in such a union? So the Rabbana say very simple. The whole purpose of the ksuba is to make it hard to divorce her. He can't divorce her. The halacha is he's not allowed to divorce her. So there's no purpose of a ksuba. But it's not like there is no ksuba. It's that there's no need for a ksuba. But the responsibilities of mezona should still apply. That's the shaila. The shaila is, is there mezonas when there's no ksuba? But there's no ksuba for a technicality reason. It's not like there's no... It's that there's technically no reason, no need for it, but it doesn't mean that like the ksuba doesn't necessarily apply. You understand what I mean? It's a subtlety. Teiku, we do not know. Okay. Tanir Rav Yosef. One of the stipulations of the ksuba is that after he passes away, she stays, she she gets food from his estate, the widow, and she lives in his house. Says the Gemara, Tanir Rav Yosef, bebesi. It says in the ksuba that she gets to live in the house. Voloi bebiksi, and not in my hut. Meaning, a house implies there's enough rooms. A hut implies there isn't enough room. I mean, here's the Shiloh. Let's say there's three boys and a widow. And there's not enough bedrooms for everybody. So says the Braisa, she doesn't get a room. Meaning, she only gets a room in the house if there's enough room for her. If there's not enough room for the heirs and the widow, the widow's kicked out. What's that mean? There's always no room and there's always room. No. If they go to Bezdin and Bezdin looks at it, yes. If there's three giant bedrooms and, and uh, you know and a living room, the... the then it make it work. What if the, what if there's a one bedroom apartment and there's five boys and a widow? You push can't do it. Their mother or stepmother? Mother, mother. Mother, mother. Yeah, their mother. The Besden says it's not enough room. What if they're in a tent? 
What if a guy's got a tiny house? Like, like there it's mitzvahs. There's posh it, no room. If Bezdin decides there's no room, then she's kicked out. Yes. She should have thought of that before her husband died. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so the Gemara says, Now, although she kicked out of the estate, she's not excluded from the ksuba. She still gets food. Marbaravashi says, no, if she's kicked out, then you don't have to support her either. Meaning you only have to support her if she lives at the estate. If she doesn't live at the estate, you don't have to support her. Correct. She's a widow. So the Gemara says, though, we don't pass away. We pass in that even if she's kicked out of the house, she's still uh, uh, fed by the estate. You're not obligated to spend money on Kibar of Aim. And also, by the way, the point is not whether there's Kibar of Aim or not. The question is whether Bezdin can obligate the kids to take money from the estate. There, of course, there's a mitzvah of Kibar of Aim, but there's a mitzvah of Kibar of Aim always. If, if not you, you, you have other brothers and sisters, but let's say you didn't. And let's say Safta needed a place, right? Mm-hmm. And you didn't want to. And you want to put her in a home. Mm-hmm. Could Bezdin force you into your estate to force her to live at your house? No. Kibra of Aim only is, is limited. I mean, it's, it's limited and we, we're not, when, you know. The point is over here, Bezdin can force because it's a chiyuv eksuva. So the point is, there's no chiyuv eksuva. I, is there Kibra of Aim? Of course there's Kibra of Aim. But, that, 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 but that's not... You know, Bezin's not going to go into your estate necessarily to force you to do Kibra Bein. They'll, they'll, they'll talk you about it, whatever, but that's not, that's a different obligation entirely. But yes, Kibra Bein will always apply in all of these things. Kibra Bein will. And by the way, kicking your sister out and not giving her food, that's not good. <laughs> okay. But, the, you know, the answer is she's an Ani and, you know, I don't know. So the Gemara says like this. Amr of Nachman, Amr Shmuel. Okay, so this is interesting. It's actually a very interesting Gemara. It has to do with like the psychology of it. The widow is supported by the estate until she remarries. Now, the reason why once she remarries, she's no longer supported by the estate is because she's moved on. So the Shaila is, what if she starts dating? Like, it's interesting. What, what, what has to happen for her to officially be moving on? What if she got engaged and then broke the engagement? So the Gemara says, Amr Shmuel, Tavoli Nase. If someone proposed to the widow, but she decided she broke it off, I'm sorry, that she accepted the, 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 the engagement proposal, meaning she got engaged, no more mezainas. Meaning once you accept proposal, even if you don't get married yet, that's it. How could you say you're still connected to the father? <laughs> How could you say she's still bound by her first husband? She accepted a proposal. That's it. She's clearly emotionally moved on. Once she's emotionally moved on, we're done. So if she gets proposed to and she says yes, then then uh, then uh, then then she no longer is supported by the estate. Theoretically, you could say the same thing uh, if she's if she starts she's ready to start dating. Oh, so the Gemara says, "Kasha, spicy And let's say she says no to the proposal. She's already if she says no to the proposal because she doesn't like the guy, she's no longer bound by the first husband either, right? What's the difference whether she says yes or not? Whether she says yes or not is just deciding whether this guy is a suitable. Husband, she's already moved on in both scenarios. Oh, so the Gemara will get this. The Gemara says, This is the explanation. If she accepts the proposal, she's definitely moved on. If she didn't accept the proposal, then it depends why. If she says, I'm not accepting the proposal because I don't, because I had one husband. It's like my grandmother used to say this. I'm, my, my mother's mother. She, the thought, she would never even think about. Um, 
dating again, or she said, I had one husband, that's it. So if she says that, then, then if she doesn't accept the engagement, and she says, I'm not accepting the engagement because I had one husband, and I will only have one husband, then she clearly hasn't moved on, and she's still bound by a state, and they still have to support her. But if she says, I'm not accepting the proposal because he's not a good guy, then it, it means she's moving on. She just doesn't like this spouse. She doesn't like this, uh, this suitor. Amr of Chizda, Zinsa, let's say she lives with someone. Znus. She has an, uh, it's not an affair because she's not married anymore, but the widow lives with someone at night. Not, not for marriage, just in sin. The halacha is Eilam She doesn't have a Zayn anymore. Once you're living with other men, then that's it. You can't say you're still bound. Amr of Yosef, he says, She doesn't have to live with someone. She puts makeup on. Meaning, once she starts dating, once she takes a, you know, a Soyo at Sinai account, that's it. Once she puts on makeup, that's it. Once she's starting to look, she wants to attract other men, that's it. So you have two different versions of when um, of when the Mizaynas end. So the Gemara says, Mandamar Zinsa, Kolshakin Kichel Pirchus. Mandamar Kichel Pirchus, Alpha Zinsa Islam. My time at Yotzer Ansa. The Gemara says, if you say that, if you said the makeup, if you said the znos, kavuchem the makeup. But if you said the makeup, the znos is actually not considered moving on because you could argue that that was just a taiva. She's not ready to move on. She just, she just, you know, wanted to have, uh, you know, com- uh, 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 um, closeness to a human being for one night. But that she's actually still bound. Meaning, when you putting on makeup to attract other men, that you're looking for love. Looking for love. That's it. That, that's it. Uh, you're looking for, uh, you know, huh? What it's probably it's interesting. It's probably a combination of both, but also it's that. True, but the point is, it's it's interesting. It's like a very interesting thing. It's like the husband, while the after the husband dies, he is still responsible for his wife as long as she still cares about him. Like that's that's interesting. Like as long as she's still thinking about him. And still bound to him. That, like once she's already mentally, that's the thing, it's not action. It's once she like mentally makes the switch in her mind that I'm no longer his wife anymore. Like I'm no longer, I'm, I'm ready to meet other people. It's a mental switch. He doesn't have to support her anymore. It's actually a very, as I said, it's a very interesting halacha. It's not action. It's well, makeup. It no, but I'm saying, but it, it's action, it's action to reveal the mindset. My point is, but my point is that if, if she were to tell people, probably, if she were to tell people, I'm ready to move on, even though she didn't do anything, she sat here, I'm ready to move on. I, I, I think I could start dating again. They probably, that's it. It's just like a very interesting, you know. There could be that wife that hated the husband, so happy that he died. Yeah, great. In this case, he still has to, his state has to take care of her. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like the more the, the better the relationship, the longer he has to support her. She, you would think in that case, what I'd be saying that if there was a wife that hated the husband and he died, and she's like, "Oh, thank God, he's gone," the estate should not be able to support her based on that. It's just a very, it's a very interesting thing. Does, Correct. So it's, it's a very interesting because it's not just machshava; it's ma'isa to reveal the machshava. But it's a very interesting thing. It's it's like it doesn't take a lot. Now the Gemara says though, <clears throat> we don't pass like any of this. Meaning, these actions are not enough. You have to actually go to court and say, I want my ksuba. I'd like my dowry. I'd like, I'd like my 200 zuz. And I'd like my dowry. And I'd like to go. If you ask for the ksuba, even if you don't get it, asking for the ksuba is all you need. So according to that opinion, dating is not enough. Meaning you either have to get married or you have to go to court and say, I'd, I'd like my ksuba, please. 
Avarism condition, probably. But yeah, Avarism condition. But the point is, halachically, you have to go to court and say, I'd like my ksuba, please. Even if you don't get it, just asking for the court, that's enough. So the Gemara says, asking is enough. Uh, the Bryce says, what does a woman have to do to, um, to, to, to no longer get support from the estate? So the, the Bryce feels that what she has to do is basically she has to either collect your ksuba or use the ksuba. You don't have to collect the ksuba to use it. If Let's say she sells it, right? Right? <laughs> Let's say her value, again, it, when she collects it, it's going to be 200 zoos. She's selling the rights of collection. Or she makes it collateral. That's, that's enough. So the Gemara says that implies that asking for the ksuba is not enough. It has to be used. So you could use the ksuba by taking the cash, or you could sell it, or you could make it on uh, collateral. But asking seems to be not enough. Like asking for the ksuba, it might take six months in court before you actually get it. And it sounds like just asking is enough, but this Bryce says for it to be enough, you have to actually sell it, use it as collateral. Like it has to actually be used by the widow, not merely asking for it. So which one is it? Is it asking or is it using? And the answer is, Hani in aval tevas loy. Hani bein bebezin min shaloy bebezin. Tevas bebezin and shaloy bebezin loy. The answer is, using the ksuba is enough, but merely asking is also enough. So why is it not in the list? Asking for the ksuba only works in Bezdin. The list were things that work both in Bezdin and outside of Bezdin. You could sell it outside of Bezdin. You could use it as collateral outside of Bezdin. So the reason why the asking for the ksuba is not in the list is not because it's not true. It's just that list was things that would apply both in front of court and outside of court. Asking for the ksuba only works inside of court. Like if you go over to the Yarshim and you say, hey, can I get my ksuba please? And they're like, okay, we'll do it the next week. That's not enough. In court, you have to say, I'd like my ksuba. Okay, fine. Um, okay, if you remember in the Mishnah, there was a Shaila. The widow is supported by the estate. In Anshe Galil and Anshe, um, Anshe Yerushalayim, that was the stipulation, that there, she's supported until she remarries or until she does any of the actions we just listed. But in Anshe Yehuda, they stipulated that the Yarshim, the, the, the sons, can either support her or give her a ksuba. Meaning, if they want to give her a ksuba, they could say, bye-bye. So it's a machlekes of whether that's allowed. It's a machlekes between Anshe Galil and Anshe Yehuda. So the Gemara says, how do we paskin? It's my Rav Amar Halachik Anshe Yehuda. Rav says the Halacha follows Anshe Yehuda, that the Yarshim are able to tell the, the, the widow, take your ksuba and go, and we no longer have to support you. Shmuel Amar Halachik Anshe Galil, and Shmuel disagrees. He says no. He says that they're not able to. So it's machlekes, Rav and Shmuel, whether the orphans can tell the widow take your money, take the ksuba, and we no longer support you, or is the support in perpetuity and there's no way to end it? So the Gemara says, this was the rule, Bovel Bovel and its surrounding cities, they followed Rav, that the Yarshim can say, take your money and go. Nardoi and its surrounding cities, they followed Shmuel. So you got Bovel and Nardoi, the two major cities, one following Rav, one following Shmuel. So the Gemara says, so there was a woman from Mechuzah, from Bavel, who married a man from Narda. So you could already see where this is going, because Narda and Bavel had different opinions. So she was from Bavel, but she married a man from Narda. And then, obviously, she became a widow. So they came in front of Nachman, and he said, basically, can we give her, the heirs wanted to just give her the money and say, get out of here. So the, he said, Shama Lekala Debas Mechuzahi. 
So he said, uh, So he said, yeah, because she's from Mechuza, Mechuza's Bavel, and in Bavel they feel like Rav, that you could just give the money and go. So yeah, just tell her to take her money and leave. So Amr Leib, they said, but she married a guy from Narda, meaning she's from Bavel, but her husband was from Narda. So they want to say, take your money and get out of here. Which is her, if, if you follow where she comes from, that was perfectly acceptable. Right. But that's not where he comes from. Right. And the kids. And the halach is that we follow the husband when it so comes to minhagim, right? When a woman marries, she, she becomes, so, so basically. So they decide to go with her sheet. Correct. But then, they to, the, 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 but then I guess her, her, her side of the family said, yeah, but the husband was from Narda. Yeah. So Nachum said, "Off, oh, that's the case. If the husband's talking for Narda, then no good. Doesn't work." How far is Narda? Meaning, we said Narda and the surrounding cities follow Shmuel. So, as long as they're still using the measurements of Narda, like the metric system, then it's considered Narda. Okay. I mean, the outskirts of the town, as long as they're still using those, the, 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 the Nardoyan measurements, whatever, then it's still considered Nardo. Okay, fine. <clears throat> Itmar. Almana. Rav Amr Shaman Mashaleh, Shmora Ain Shaman Mashaleh. Here's a Shaila. It's very interesting. I don't, I don't think any of us would have thought this. The husband gave her, uh, gave a woman clothing while they were married. Now she's a widow, and she's ready to leave. She's ready to get married. So she's collecting her ksuba, right? The halacha is, Rav says, Shaman Masha'aleo, Rav says the clothing that she got is deducted from the ksuba, meaning the clothing is not hers. We look retroactively that when the husband gave her the clothing, or when the husband gives her the clothing, you assume it's a gift. It becomes hers. The answer is no. When she's ready to leave, then retroactively the husband didn't want her to have it. The mechanics of this, how this works, I'm not 100% sure, but we assume that we look back on it, right? A husband doesn't want to give her a clothing knowing at some point she's going to be moving on when she's the widow. So therefore, we look at it retroactively that it was never a gift. It was part of her ksuba payment from the estate, and it could be deducted. So the jewelry and clothing can be deducted retroactively from the ksuba payment. That's Rob's opinion. Shmuel disagrees. He says, no, clothing is hers. Okay, fine. So, at what value? At today's value, or the value when you bought it? Today's value. Wow, that could be like more than the tuba. Correct. I mean, if correct. You for yeah, yeah. If you, yeah, hundred percent. It's a fascinating perspective. I don't know the mechanics of it, of how we could retroactively. Yeah, it's like retroactively, we could look at it as it was never really, it was never really hers. That's the point. It was, it was payment from his estate to her. Now the Gemara says though, so that's a machleik is Rav and Shmuel, but the Gemara says The opposite is by a sharecropper. A sharecropper, a locket was um, basically he was like a living. It was a living. He, he was a worker that lived by the estate that worked, and then when he was ready to go, they would give him like a severance package. The question is, if the owner gave him clothing, do, how do we look at it? Do we look at that as, as a gift? Or do we say, no, that's definitely part of his payment? So it's Machlegas Rav and Shmuel, but the opposite. The, the, the reason why it's, it's dissimilar to the wife, it, it could work both ways. The guy isn't a live-in maid. So he works, doesn't really get paid, 
he lives there for free and he gets food. And then when they're ready to go, there's usually they, they try to figure out the value of the work, give him a package. So the question is, if he got clothing throughout the years, is that deducted from, is that, was that a gift or was that, was that part of the payment early? It's Machleg is Rav and Shmuel, but it's the opposite. Rav and Shmuel, their shita by wife, is reversed over here. The reason why this is not comparable to the wife in both regards, first of all, the wife, you could argue, is a gift because you love her. This guy is a worker, like, why should I be giving him gifts? On the other hand, the wife, you could argue, retroactively, I, I didn't think she was going to leave. Now that she's leaving, I don't want her to have it. But the worker, you knew he was leaving. Like, you knew this wasn't, like, you knew it was going to be a gift because you knew this wasn't a long-term, like, what do you think, he was going to live with you forever? By the wife, you could legitimately argue, I gave it to her thinking she would live with me forever. Now that I died and she's moving on, uh, why should she get Retroactively, I don't want to give it to her. You can't argue that on a worker because, like, a worker, it's like, you knew going, you, everyone knew going in what, what the deal was. So therefore, it's it's a different. It's, it's that's a shyless. Machleig is how you look at the worker. And the Gemara says, um, Rav Kahana says by the locket, it's the same shitas. Meaning they argue by the locket. The question is, what does Rav and Shmuel say? It's a machleig is what Rav and Shmuel said about the locket. Is it deducted or not? It's machleig is which one said which. Well, probably has to do with society whether people keep the same jobs forever. Yeah, but no, no, one, no one's, no one's. He's not a slave. Yeah, but he's a bit, at some point he's going to leave. He's not a slave. It's, it's, at some point he's leaving. Umanach Basimna, the way to remember, Yasma Varmalta Shalachu Paik. The Yasim and the, and the worker uh, to take off the clothes and go. That was just the way the mnemonic device of how they would remember. So the Gemara says that they both said the same thing, meaning the one who said by worker and the one who said by the Yasomim, they said the same Shita. Amr of Nachman, Avagav de Tanan Masis and Kavasi de Shmuel, Hilkosa Kavasi de Rav. An interesting statement, and that is although the Mishnah follows Shmuel, we pass him like Rav. Which, by the way, we'll have to prove how does the Mishnah follow Shmuel, and why then, if there's a Mishnah like Shmuel, why do we paskin like Rav? But although the Mishnah follows Shmuel, the Halacha follows Rav. Ditnan, the Mishnah says, Echana magdish nechasav, echana marachis atzmai, ein loy loy b'ksus ishtoiv, loy b'ksus bonav, loy b'tsevah shetzavad l'shman, loy b'sadun l'chadashim shalakach l'shman. Oh, Halacha is like this. You say to the Beis HaMikdash, I want all my items to go to the Beis HaMikdash. I make a nether, I'm donating everything to the Beis HaMikdash. All my items. Says the Mishnah, your wife's clothings are not donated. Why? Because they're they're not yours, they're hers. So that's that follows Shmuel, right? Because Shmuel Shita is that when that the wife is not deducted, because it's hers, it's not it's not the estates. So you see that this Mishnah follows Shmuel. Again, Shmuel Shita is that we don't deduct the value of the clothing from the it's not considered it was considered hers. It's not, it's not, you know, if, if you look at a hers, it's not gonna be deducted. Rav looks at it, it's not her clothing. It's retroactively, he gave it to her as part of the payment for the ksuba. It wasn't a gift to her. It was part of the payment. Shmuel says, no, a gift is a gift is a gift. It's hers. So you see that this Mishnah follows Shmuel because this Mishnah says that if you makdish, you nechassim, your wife's clothing are not holy. Why? Because they're not yours. Now, if you look at it as yours, as, as, as part of your payments are from the estate, it should be holy. It must be, it's not payment from the estate, it's hers. It's a gift and it's hers. So you see that this Shmuel, this Mishnah follows Shmuel, that clothing of a wife is a gift and it's hers. You understand? Sort of. That's the Shiloh. How do you look at the wife's clothing? According to Shmuel, it's hers. According to Rav, it's not hers. It's retroactively her payment as part of the payment plan, but it's from his estate. So this Mishnah, which says that if you make all your items holy, your wife's clothing are not holy, is following Shmuel. Because it's obviously hers. It's not no, part of the state. According to the sheet, the 
says it's hers, if somebody ruins her clothing, she gets the money. Correct. Well, yeah, potentially, but I, again, I don't know how that works out in court, but conceptually. So the Gemara says, see, here's the Shiloh. That means all the jewelry uh, she's able to keep. Correct. So here's the Shiloh, though. But a lot, there are cases that... Uh, that uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know how we pass. Yeah, but, but yeah, I, I have no idea. So the Gemara says... Honestly, you tell me there's a mission of the follow Shmuel that says that it's her clothing, but we pass on like Rav. Well, if the mission of follow Shmuel, why don't we follow Shmuel also? Like, I understand you're saying that we follow Rav because conceptually his svar is more correct. But then the Mishnah follows Shmuel, so why would you follow Rav if the Mishnah follows Shmuel? So the answer is the answer is the Mishnah seemingly follows Shmuel, but when you analyze it, it actually follows Rav. It could follow Rav. Why? The answer is like this. What, what does Rav hold? Rav holds that the clothing is not hers. It's retroactively payment from the estate. Shmuel holds it's hers. What does this Mishnah say? This Mishnah says that if you're Makdish, all your items to the Beis HaMikdash, your wife's clothing is not holy. Why? So it must be a follow Shmuel because it's hers. The answer is that could follow Rav also. Rav only says that it's retroactively his when he dies and she's choosing to remarry. Up to that point, it's definitely hers. The case of that Mishnah where you're making things holy, they're a married couple that's happy. Everyone agrees when the married couple is happy together, it's her clothing. The Shaila is, if he dies and she chooses to remarry, is retroactively do we look at it differently? This Mishnah is completely not relevant to our discussion. This Mishnah is talking about a case where there's a husband and a wife and everyone's happy and everyone's married and he's making uh, the items holy. The answer is it doesn't touch the wife because of the wife's clothing. Oh, it's a Shailah it's a shail- it's a shail- and Rav. The answer is that's not a Shailah and Rav. Rav was talking about a case. Rav would agree that it's hers until he dies. She chooses to remarry. Then we got to rethink things retroactively. But this Mishnah is not, a, not relevant at all to our discussion. But if it belongs to her, it is. Rav looks at it as it's hers until he dies and then she chooses to remarry, in which case we retroactively change the way we look at it. We reassess it. But up to that point, if you'd ask Rav, whose is it? He'd say it's the wife. But once the husband dies and then she chooses to remarry, then we say he would never have wanted to give it to her knowing she would wear it at, to the second wedding. You know, it's like a, I, I, I know someone that... Uh, the, they were asking, don't say who. Um, someone asked me to help them research a certain shidduch. And there's a photo on the resume. And the photo is the person leaning in, like smiling. So I was like, it's a strange photo. So I Google it. It was the photo of a person from the first engagement party with their first significant other. And I was like, that's cold. That's cold-blooded to take, to take the significant other that you thought you'd live with the rest of your life, cut it out, and now use it to attract other people. I was like, that's cold. I the whole thing on the lean-in pictures when they're cut. It means that they're not, because they don't have a real one. Oh, cut. 100%. But my point is, my, my point is that's a very cold-blooded. So it's like, it's like, if you think about it from Rob's perspective, he gives her a ring, he gives her jewelry, he gives her clothing, a beautiful dress... It's hers, and then he dies, and then she's wearing it to her second wedding. You could see why, if we would be able to speak to this husband, we would say, like, hey, how do you feel about that clothing now? And he'd be like, no, no, that's not her, and no no gift anymore. Deduct it. So it's just, you know, it's interesting. The Gemara continues like this. 
Kalosa de Beirav Al Yashiv. Baral Yashiv, it's interesting. The name of Yashiv is one of the few names that we have nowadays that's actually from the Gemara. So, Kalosa de Beirav Al Yashiv, the daughter in law of the house of Al Yashiv, she wanted her ksuba back. She was she was a widow and she's ready to get remarried. She wants her ksuba. Havakamamtilulabedina, so they're taking her to court. So apparently she was she was dressed regular. They wanted, here's what they did. They followed Rav that once she remarries, all the clothing and jewelry will be deducted. They wanted her to wear those to court. So there's no funny business, right? Because also if the bezins like deduct all of this, she could be like, I don't I don't have any clothing. So they wanted her to wear all her clothing and jewelry to the court. So they said, we'll, take, we'll go to court with you. We'll pay you the ksuba. Happy to do it. But you don't look so nice. You, you, should, you know, you're going to Besden. You should make yourself look, you know, presentable. So she said, okay. Zillah Milsa de Tizli Hachli. Yeah, we don't want to walk with you. You don't look so nice. You should put yourself together. So So she wore all the jewelry and all the fancy clothing that the first husband gave her to look nice in court. So also Ravina. So in court they said So they said uh, the halacha follows Rav. So we get to deduct. So while they're in court, they were able to value to uh, to evaluate all the jewelry and all the clothing. And there's no way for her to say, "I don't know what you're talking about," because she's wearing it. So that was their ruse to uh, nice. And where it continues, Okay. So apparently the times of the Gemara. The rest of the daf is very easy. The, 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 the times of the Gemara, the, 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 the dowries were like standard. In certain towns, like there was the queen's dowry, okay? So a guy on his deathbed says to his daughter, says to the sons, I want you to set aside a dowry for the daughter. Now, the dowry at the time was, let's say, a couch, a bed. Let's say it was items, right? It wasn't cash. It was, you know, a couch. It's just simple. It was a couch, a bed, and, and, and a lamp. Okay, fine. At that time, that was valued at $500. So he tells the kids, set aside a dowry for the daughter. So they're okay, they're putting $500 aside. He says, Gemara, Zolna Dunya. By the time she was ready to get married, the prices of everything dropped. The market dropped. So the question is, is she entitled to a couch, a lamp, and a bed? At now it's $250. Or is she entitled to $500 worth of those items? Meaning when he said it at the time, he said just give her a dowry, which were items. At the items at the time were worth $500. By the time she's ready to get married and the time she's ready to actually get the dowry, the price of everything plummeted. So the question is, can the orphans just say, listen, we're not going to give you $500. We'll give you the items that our father asked you, which is now worth $250. Says the Gemara. Um, the orphans uh, got money, meaning... You do not have to give her $500. You have to give those items. If those items are cheaper than at the time, great. You made money. Or you held on to money. Fine. You understand. The Gemara says a similar thing. Ahuda Amr, they go to the next page. Arba meyezuz minchamra lebras. Oh, a guy in his deathbed said, I want for the dowry, I want you to give her $400 worth of wine. $400 worth of wine. Now, at that time, that could buy you 10 bottles. The problem is the price of wine goes up. So now it only can buy you five bottles. Is she entitled to $400 worth or 10 bottles? So the Gemara says, The orphans lucked out, meaning she's entitled to $400 worth of wine. If that's five bottles, that's five bottles. If it's one bottle, it's one bottle. The father did not want her to get a certain amount of bottles of wine. The father wanted to get a certain amount of value of wine, which she's getting. Okay. Okay, weiter. 
it's interesting, it's back to the story of Yechanan, we had this on Shabbos, that Yechanan had relatives who um, were dealing with widows and all that stuff. So the relatives of Yechanan have a itis abba to have a kemifzitam hazayni. Okay, so there was a widow, the widow is supported financially, she gets the food. This widow ate a lot, and he, she was really eating into the estate. And they're like, okay, we got we to stop this. So they asked Rav Yechanan, is there anything we could do? So Rav Yechanan said, So the father was still alive, but he was dying. So they were afraid. They were already looking ahead, as you do. They're like, okay, dad's about to die. Fat mom is going to be eating all of our money. We got to, let's cut this at the head. So what they did was they asked the father, so Rav Yechanan said, tell the father before he passes away to allocate a field for her for her mezainus, let her accept the mezainus in that field, to the exclusion of others, so therefore she only gets to eat the proceeds of the value of the field. Once she eats the whole field, she's out. Meaning mezainus is perpetuity, but if you can get the father to get her to agree to allocate the field, that the mezainus is now from this field, then it's limited to that field. The second she out-eats that field and the value of that field, you don't have to pay her anymore. So that was that was Rav Yechonin's chap. They came in front of Rish Lakish. I don't know, that's what happens with the phone calls. <laughs> the point is, they wanted her, instead of having perpetuity, Rav Yechonin said, get the father to get her to agree to accept a field, a portion of land, in lieu of the Mazinus. So once she eats the value of that, that's it. That's it. So they came in front of Rish Lakish, and you see the power, like how ferocious Rish Lakish was. Rish Lakish disagreed with that. Rishlokish felt that that doesn't work. So he came in front of Rishlokish. Rishlokish is like, you just gave her an extra field. She still gets the Mazinus in perpetuity. You just gave her an additional field. Good for you. Meaning Rishlokish held that that doesn't work. You can't make her allocate the Mazinus in a limited amount. All you could do is just add to it. So Rishlokish just said, great, you just added a field to her Mazinus. Great. Why did he go to Rishlokish? What do you mean? Huh? Yeah, yeah. It, it, oh, I don't know. It could have been his sister. Maybe it was. I don't know. Maybe. He could be losing out. He's passing against himself. <laughs> no, unless because Rish Lakish married Rav Yechon's sister. But it could be this was this was a, a cousin. But it's interesting. It's actually interesting. Why did he I guess the word got back to Rish Lakish, or maybe he's right. Maybe may, no. Maybe Gavin's right because maybe the the person Rish Lakish and Rav Yechon were related. So maybe the other family members w- were not happy with this. They went to Rish Lakish to see what Rish Lakish said. So Rishlaka said, you didn't accomplish anything. Adarab, you added, you added to her state. Good for you. So it backfired. So Amr lei, harav yechon lei Amr hachi. But they said to Rishlaka, Rav Yechon just said, not like that. So Amr lehu, zilu havula. He said, go support your mother. V'iloi mefiknul chur Rishlaka shmeonaychi. And if not, I'll take Rav Yechon out of your mind. Meaning, I'll put you in cherem. You'll never see Rav Yechon again. Meaning, do what I say, or, or I'll excommunicate you, and you won't, you won't have to worry about Rav Yechon anymore. That was that was response. So I still come to Rav They go tell Rav Yechon on this. Amar lehu, Ma'as. What am I doing? I have I have someone who's on my level who's arguing with me. What do you want me to do? Meaning Rish Lakish is as great as I am. I can't. I can't. I can't. Uh, meaning I can't. He's not subordinate to me. What am I supposed to do? He's he's a Tamil Chacham on I am. So okay. So the Gemara says Amar Avvo Lididim Mefarshlem Inid Rav Yechon. The conclusion of Rav Yechon is that again Rav Yechon holds that you could allocate the Mazaynas in a field and then limit it to that. So the Gemara says this is what Rav Yechon actually said. 
Limazinus, riba limazinus. Bimazinus, cuts limazinus. It depends on what Lashon you said. Limazinus, if you said this field is for the mazinus, that's adding to it. It's bimazinus instead of the mazinus, then it works. Okay, Hajjan Allah Naira. We'll finish up, it'll take about five minutes, if that. This mission we already had. Although every basula is entitled to 200 zoos and almana one, you could add to it if you'd like. Okay. Now, if the woman becomes widowed or divorced, so now she's entitled to 200 zoos, but let's say you added 500 zoos on top of that. So she's entitled to 700. So the halacha is, the halacha is like this, if the, if the, if the, if the, if the husband dies after Kedushin, she's entitled to 200 Zuz. Nesuin, after Nesuin, she gets the rest of the obligations. But the 200 Zuz, she's entitled after Kedushin. So the question is, when you add to the Ksuba, when do you get it? So the, the first opinion says, you get the added 500 also after Kedushin. So if he dies after Kedushin, or gets divorced after Kedushin, not only does she get 200 Zuz, she gets the additional additions as well. So the 500 Zuz also. The Gemara then, the Mishnah then says, Rav Allah's ben Azayu, I'm in Asun, Gaivis HaKolom, and Eresin, Basulu, Gaivim, Masayim, Amana, Amana, Shalai, Kosov, Amana, Asla, Koinsa, Rav Allah's ben Azayu disagrees. He says, no, after Kedushin, you get the 200 Zuz from Chazal. The additional stuff, we assume the guy only wrote it on with the assumption that you'll eventually get married. If it was after Kedushin, he would definitely not want you to get additional money. Rav Yudha Oymer, Rav Yudha says, Imrat Sakaisal, Basulu, Shtar, Shal, Masayim, Yikaisavis, Iskabadim, Chaman, Amana, Amana, Yikaisavis, Iskabadim, Chamishim, Zuz. This we had before the review that says the woman could be Michael part of the Ksuba. So if he, he, she could write a receipt that I already received 100 Zuz of the 200, even though she didn't, and that's acceptable. Because she could be Michael. The money's entitled to her. She could be Michael. No, that way, she, that way he, uh, she, she, she's giving a receipt for it. That way it could never be undone in court. Rav Meir disagrees. Yeah. But she could, she could be Michael. It's her way of being Michael. Rameir disagrees. He says, no. He says, no. If you give less than 200 Zuz to the Basul and less than 100 Zuz to the, it's like living is Nus. I Meaning Chazala, it's not, it's not something a woman could be Michael. Let's just finish up the daf. The Mishnah says like this. The Gemara says that you could add to it. You could add to the Ksuba. So the Gemara says, Pshita, yeah, why not? You might think that Chazal put a cap to it because we don't embarrass any woman who can't afford it. So you might think that Chazal said, no, 200 is the cap. You could add to it if you'd like. Now one last Gemara, it'll take Mamish two minutes. The Gemara says the following thing. You're adding, right, 200 Zuz. You're marrying a Basula, she gets 200 Zuz, but you say, listen, I want to add 400 to it. I'll give you 600. The Lashon of the Mishnah is, not Ratzah Kaisiv, Ratzah you're adding to the Ksuba. So the Gemara understands the following aside, and that is, the 400 Zuz that you're adding are not a standalone obligation. It's part of the Ksuba as well. Meaning, it's... We treat it as the two. Exactly. We treat the 400 Zuz that you're giving additional as not just money you owe your wife. It's considered, it's considered part of the Ksuba. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm finishing up. It's considered part of the Ksuba, and it has the following halachic ramifications. The Gemara says, The additional money that you're owing her is considered part of the ksuba. You going with mom? Oh, smart, smart. Yeah, I didn't Please Go, 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 go. <laughs> you're going to be late. The Gemara says, Oh, that's a doctor's appointment. Okay. So we'll end with this. The following, now that we're saying that, again, you're owed, you're owed, by the way, it's funny, 
every not sure, every week I, I I listen to go 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 get out of here. Every week I, every week I, um, I on, on Sunday I watch Yossi's old mishmars from like ten years ago. Just you have thoughts on the parish. <laughs> and then my father just like walking into the back room getting chilled. It's just so funny. So anyway, um, very big concern. You, she's owed 200 zuz from Chazal, but you want to add 400. So the Gemara is saying the 400 that you're adding is considered part of the Ksuba as well. Like Adam said, it's not a stand, it's part of the Ksuba. What is that Negea? It's Negea the following eight things. There are eight halachas that are just that are Negea the Ksuba, and now they're Negea the additional money. Let's just run through it. Nafka Mina, um, right? If a woman sells her Ksuba, so now, if she sells her ksuba, she also sold the additional money. So if she just says, oh, hey, I'm selling my ksuba to this guy, he could not only claim the 200 zuz, he could claim the 400 because it's part of the ksuba. The next one is meredes. Meredes is that if a woman, um, a woman refuses to live with her husband, she said, I'm not living with you anymore. I'm not, no more relations. The halacha is bezdin. So bezdin, it, she's forfeiting it, but bezdin deducts it daily. Like every day she loses $10 until the ksuba is done. The halacha is bezin can deduct from the additional money as well because it's part of the ksuba. The next one is pegemes. Pegemes means if a woman claims that part of the ksuba was already paid to her, she now has to make an oath. So if let's say in, she comes to court and she's like, listen, I, I'll be, I'm an honest person. I already got 50 zuz out of the 200. I'm only entitled to 150. She has to now swear that she's entitled to the other 150. So that same halacha applies to the additional money. If she claims that I already got 100 of the 400, she now has to swear because it's treated as part of the ksuba. Tevas, the halach is that if a woman asks for her ksuba... I'm sorry. Isn't that concept a little bit like what we learned a while ago that if you... If something could have been worse... True, yeah, no, 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 that's the thing. These are sugyas, these are much bigger sugyas. I I don't know, you're making a good point. It's it's a migu di tava, but... um, I'm not sure, but the Gemara is just saying this is the overall rule, and then I think we're going to get probably get into the details in a little bit. The last one is Teva, the, uh, four more. Teva's is that if a woman asks for her ksuba back, the widow asks for her ksuba at that point. Once she asks for the ksuba, we said before, you don't have to support her. So, so if she asks for the, subs, the additional money, that would also equate to asking for her ksuba. Oiveris al-das, which go to the next page. Oiveris al-das is if a woman no longer becomes observant. We'll see what this means, but if a woman's goes off the derech, you don't have to pay her ksuba anymore. So not only do you not have to pay her ksuba, you also don't have to pay the additional money. We'll define going off the derech later in the war. It's actually fascinating. Shevach, uh, shevach means that a woman cannot claim her ksuba from the from the land, that from the money that it went up after he died. Meaning, if let's say after he died, he left a certain parcel of land. She could only claim from that parcel of land. She can't claim from the money that went up. If it went up in value, that affects her ability to claim. Again, we'll get to all of this. So the same thing also, she can't claim the additional ksuba. Shvua, there are many times that a woman has to swear in order to collect her ksuba, so she'll have to swear to collect the addition of the ksuba. Shvius, shmita, although shmita cancels debts, it does not cancel the ksuba, and it does not cancel the additional money entitled in the ksuba. Kaisiv kol nechasel levanov, legavis menakarka, kaisiv kol nechasel levanov, which is interesting, and that is that if a man, before he passes away, writes all of his proceeds go to his sons, except for a tiny little piece of land, the halach is that she forfeits her ksuba. It's like a glitch. We'll get to it that like, because he wrote all the money away to, to the kids, except for a tiny parcel of land, she's only able to 
collect that parcel of land, even if it doesn't value her ksuba. And she's also only able, she's not able to claim the additional money either because it's treated as a ksuba. Gavis minakarka, the ksuba can only be collected from land, not from movables. Same thing with the additions. Minazi bairis, from all the land the ksuba is collected, it's only collected from the inferior land, so too from the additional. The halach is that a widow can claim her ksuba even 20, 30 years later. It's not like there's a limit. It's not like she can only claim it within the you know year of Avelis. So too she could collect, she could claim the additional money years later as well. Uksuba's been indichrin, and the same uksuba's been indichrin go to her bloodline. The additional money goes to her sons as well. I'm, I, I did that quickly. Uh, I apologize, but just to finish up the daf. But if you chazer it, it's the it's the basic premise. The additional money is treated as uksuba for all laws of uksuba. I will right, we'll stop here.